0: Chapter twenty six of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Velvet Paw. The newcomer stood before Gabrielle, hat in hand, smiling pleasantly and uttering a greeting of surprise. Her response was cold, for was not all her present unhappiness due to him? I've come here to speak to you, Gabrielle, to speak to you in confidence. Whatever you have to say may surely be said in the hearing of a third person. "'was her dignified answer. "'His sudden appearance had startled her, "'but only for a moment. "'She was cool again next instant, "'and on her guard against her enemy. "'I hardly think,' he said with a meaning smile, "'that you would really like me to speak before a third party. "'I really care nothing,' was her answer, "'and I cannot see why you seek me here. "'When one is hopeless as I am, "'one becomes callous of what the future may bring.' "'Hopeless?' "'Yes,' "'he said in a changed voice. "'I know that. "'Living in this dismal hole, Gabrielle, "'you must be hopeless. "'I know that your exile here, "'away from all your friends, "'and those you love, "'must be soul-killing. "'Don't think that I have not reflected upon it "'a hundred times.' "'Ah, then you have at last experienced remorse,' "'she cried bitterly, "'looking straight into the man's face. "'You have estranged me from my father "'and tried to ruin him. "'You lied to him.' Lied in order to save yourself the man laughed my dear child he exclaimed you really misjudge me entirely i'm here for two reasons to ask your forgiveness for making that allegation which was imperative and secondly to assure you that if you will allow me i will yet be your friend friend she echoed in a hollow voice you my friend Yes, I know that you mistrust me, he replied, but I want to prove that my intentions towards you are those of real friendship, and you, who ever since my girlhood days have been my worst enemy, ask me now to trust you, she exclaimed with indignation. No, go back to Lady Hayburn and tell her that I refuse to accept the olive branch which you and she hold out to me. My dear girl, you don't follow me, he exclaimed impatiently. "'This has nothing whatever to do with Lady Hayburn. "'I have come to you from purely personal motives. "'My sole desire is to effect your return to Glencardine.' "'For your own ends, Mr. Flockhart, without a doubt,' she said bitterly. "'Ah, there you are quite mistaken. "'Though you assert that I am your father's enemy, "'I am, I tell you, his friend. "'He is ever thinking of you with regret. "'You were his right hand. "'Would it not be far better if he invited you to return?' She sighed at the thought of the blind man, whom she regarded with such entire devotion, but answered, No, I shall never return to Glencardine." Why? he asked. Was anything more than natural that, believing you had been prying into his affairs, your father in a moment of anger condemned you to this life of appalling monotony? No, not more natural than that you, the culprit, should have made me the scapegoat for the second time, was her defiant reply have i not already told you that the reason i am here is to crave your forgiveness i admit that my actions have been the reverse of honourable but well there were circumstances which compelled me to act as i did you've got an impression of my father's key; had a duplicate made in glasgow as i have found out and one night opened the safe and copied certain private documents having regard to a proposed loan to the greek government THE NIGHT I DISCOVERED YOU WAS THE SECOND OCCASION WHEN YOU WENT TO THE LIBRARY AND OPENED THE SAFE. DO YOU DENY THAT? WHAT YOU ALLEGE, GABRIELLE, IS PERFECTLY CORRECT, HE REPLIED. I KNOW THAT I WAS A BLACKGUARD TO SHIELD MYSELF BEHIND YOU, TO TELL YOU THE LIE I DID THAT NIGHT. BUT HOW COULD I AVOID IT? SUPPOSE I HAD IN RETALIATION SPOKEN THE TRUTH, SHE ASKED, LOOKING THE MAN STRAIGHT IN THE FACE. AH, I KNEW THAT YOU WOULD NOT DO THAT. You believe that I dare not? Dare not for my own sake, eh? He nodded in the affirmative. Then you are much mistaken, Mr. Flockhart, she said in a hard voice. You don't understand that a woman may become desperate. I can understand how desperate you have become, living in this sleepy hollow. A week of it would, I admit, drive me to distraction. Then if you understand my present position, you will know that I am fearless of you, or of anybody else. My life has ended. I have neither happiness, comfort, peace of mind, nor love. All is of the past to you. You, James Flockhart. I'm indebted for all this. You have held me powerless. I was a happy girl once, but you and your dastardly friends crossed my path like an evil shadow, and I have existed in an inferno of remorse ever since. I—remorse? How absurdly you talk! "'It will not be absurd when I speak the truth and tell the world what I know. "'It will be rather a serious matter for you, Mr. Flockhart.' "'You threaten me?' he asked, his eyes flashing for a second. "'I think it is as well for us to understand one another at once,' she said frankly. "'They had halted upon a small bridge close to the entrance to Apthorpe Village. "'Then I am to understand that you refuse my proffered assistance?' he asked. "'I require no assistance from my enemies.' was her defiant and dignified reply. I suppose Lady Hayburn is at the villa at San Remo, as usual, and that it was she who sent you to me, because she recognizes that you've both gone a little too far. You have. When the opportunity arises, then I shall speak, regardless of the consequences. Therefore, Mr. Flockart, I wish you good evening. And she turned away. No, Gabrielle, he cried, resolutely barring her path. You must hear me you don't grasp the point of my argument with me none of your arguments are of any avail was her response in a bitter tone i alas have reason to know you too well for you by your clever intrigue i committed a crime but god knows i am innocent of what was intended now that you have estranged me from my father and my lover i shall confess confess all before i make an end of my life he saw from her pale, drawn face that she was desperate. He grew afraid. But, my dear girl, think of what you're saying. You don't mean it. You can't mean it. Your father has relented and will welcome you back. If only you will consent to return. I have no wish to be regarded as the prodigal daughter, was her proud response. Not for Walter Murray's sake, asked the crafty man. I have seen him. I was at the club with him last night, and we had a chat about you. He loves you very dearly ah you do not know how he is suffering she was silent and he recognized in an instant that his words had touched the sympathetic chord in her heart he is not suffering any greater grief than i am she said in a low mechanical voice her brow heavily clouded of course i quite understand that he remarked sympathetically walter is a good fellow and well it is indeed sad that matters should be as they are he is entirely devoted to you gabrielle "'Not more so than I am to him,' declared the girl quite frankly. "'Then why did you write breaking off your engagement?' "'He told you that?' she exclaimed in surprise. "'The truth was that Murray had told Flockhart nothing. "'He had not even seen him. "'It was only a wild guess on Flockhart's part. "'Tell me,' she urged anxiously, "'what did he say concerning myself?' "'Flockhart hesitated. "'His mind was instantly active in the concoction of a story.' oh well he expressed the most profound regret for all that had occurred at glencardine and is of course utterly puzzled it appears that just before christmas he went home to connachan and visited your father several times from him i suppose he heard how you had been discovered you told him nothing i told him nothing declared flockart which was a fact did he express a wish to see me she inquired of course he did is he not head over ears in love with you He believes you have treated him cruelly. I, I know I have, Mr. Flockhart, she admitted, but I acted as any girl of honour would have done. I was compelled to take upon myself a great disgrace, and on doing so I released him from his promise to me. Most honourable, the man declared with a pretense of admiration, yet underlying it all was a craftiness that surely was unsurpassed. That visit of his to Northamptonshire was made with some ulterior motive yet what it was the girl was unable to discover she would surely have been cleverer than most people had she been able to discern the hidden sinister motives of james flockart the truth was that he had not seen murray and the story of his anxiety he had only concocted on the spur of the moment walter asked me to give you a message he went on he asked me to urge you to return to glencardine and to withdraw that letter you wrote him before your departure "'To return to Glencardine?' she repeated, staring in his face. "'Walter wishes me to do that? Why? "'Because he loves you, because he will intercede with your father on your behalf. "'My father will hear nothing in my favour until—' "'And she paused. "'Until what?' "'Until I tell him the whole truth.' "'That you will never do,' remarked Flockhart quickly. "'Ah, there you are mistaken,' she responded. "'In all probability I shall.' then before you do so pray weigh carefully the dire results urged in a changed tone oh i've already done that long ago she said i know that i am in your hands utterly and irretrievably mr flockart and the only way i can regain my freedom is by boldly telling the truth you must never do that by heaven you shall not he cried looking fiercely into her clear eyes i know i'm quite well aware of your attitude towards me The claws cannot be entirely concealed in the cat's paw, you know. And she laughed bitterly into his face. The corners of the man's mouth hardened. He was about to speak and show himself in his true colors. But by dint of great self-control, he managed to smile and exclaim, Then you will take no heed of these wishes of the man who loves you so dearly, of the man who is still your best and most devoted friend? You prefer to remain here and wear out your young life? with vain regrets and shattered affections? Come, Gabrielle, do be sensible. The girl did not speak for several moments. Does Walter really wish me to return? she asked, looking straight at him, as though trying to discern whether he was really speaking the truth. Yes, he expressed to me a strong wish that you should either return to Glencardine, or go and live at Park Street. He wishes to see me? Of course. It would perhaps be better if you met him first, either down here or in London. Why should you two not be happy? He went on. I know it is my fault you are consigned to this dismal life, and that you and Walter are parted. But believe me, Gabrielle, I am at this moment endeavoring to bring you together again, and to reinstate you in Sir Henry's as good graces. He is longing for you to return. When I saw him last at Glencardine, he told me that Monsieur Goslin was not so clever at typing or in grasping his meaning as you are, and he is only waiting your return. "'That may be so,' answered the girl in a slow, distinct voice. "'But perhaps you'll tell me, Mr. Flockhart, "'the reason you evinced such an unwanted curiosity in my father's affairs.' (laughs) "'My dear girl,' laughed the man, "'surely that isn't a fair question. "'I had certain reasons of my own.' "'Yes, assisted by Lady Hebron. "'You thought that you could make money "'by obtaining knowledge of my father's secrets. "'Oh, yes, I know. "'I know more than you have ever imagined,' "'declared the girl boldly you hope to get rid of Monsieur goslin from glencardine and reinstate me for your own ends i see it all the man bit his lip with chagrin he recognized that he had blundered and that she shrewd and clever had taken advantage of his error he was however too clever to exhibit his annoyance you are quite wrong in your surmise gabrielle he said quickly walter murray loved you and loved you well therefore with regret at my compulsory denunciation of yourself "'I am now endeavouring to assist you.' "'Thank you,' she responded coldly, again turning away abruptly. "'I require no assistance from a man such as yourself, "'a man who entrapped me and who denounced me in order to save himself. "'You will regret these words,' he declared as she walked away in the direction of Wood Newton. "'She turned upon him in fierce anger, retorting, "'And perhaps you, on your part, will regret your endeavour to entrap me a second time.' I have promised to speak the truth, and I shall keep my promise. I am not afraid to sacrifice my own life to save my father's honor. The man stood staring after her. These words of hers held him motionless. What if she flung her good name to the winds, and actually carried out her threat? What if she really spoke the truth? Ay, what then? End of chapter 26